بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم ان الاستقى الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear respected brothers sisters elders islam is about knowing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not just knowing about allah but knowing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the deepest most intimate level of our beings last week we spoke about the young ibrahim alayhi salam asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show him how he brings the dead back alive the purpose of all these stories in the quran is to help us to realize the truth that one day it will be our turn to die and be resurrected as i speak to you as you know yesterday one of our dear teachers shuyukh ulama from america muhammad al-sharif rahimahullah he passed away he was 47 years old no previous history of anything inna lillahi wa inna ilaihi rajiun we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive him and to fill his qabr with noor and to enable all the good work that he did to be a sadaqa jariya for him a day will come that day will come for all of us every single one of us when we are born there is only one certainty about our lives it is not certain how long we will live it is not certain whether we will be healthy or not it is not certain whether we will have wealth influence knowledge education a hard life or easy life nothing is certain there is only one thing which is certain and that is that we will die every single other thing is not certain the only certain thing is that we will die now what sense does it make not to prepare for that certainty when we prepare for everything which is not certain this is what islam tells us islam is not against studying or getting a good career or what not every single thing in our lives we have been sent into this world to live here and we plan for it and we should plan for it but remember that none of that is certain the only thing certain is that we will die so by all means plan for the things of this life but if we don't plan for the only certain thing which is that we will die then what sense does it make i remind myself and you that we are not ordinary people we are not just mammals 
They live to satisfy their desires going from sensation to sensation, manipulated by those who are smarter than us, converting them into pawns on their board games. We Muslims are created and were created for a very high purpose, far higher purpose than that. And the highest of all purposes which is to introduce Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his creatures. Now how can we introduce Allah if we know not know Allah? How can we introduce Allah unless we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And that is the meaning of Islam. I remind myself and you therefore to reorient our lives and to reboot our priorities so that we fulfill the purpose of our creation. The next incident of Ibrahim salam that I want to highlight for you in his life is what happened soon after Ismail salam was born. We see him, Ismail salam, taking his infant son and his wife, Hajar salam. Ismail salam was born in the land which was called Canaan, which includes present-day Palestine. He took them to a barren valley 800 miles away to the south. A place called Bakka, which was going to be called Makkah later. And it was the intention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu that the father and son would together build the Kaaba. But at the time of the story, where he left them is a dry, rocky valley between two high hills, later called Safa and Marwa. The valley is barren, without vegetation, without cultivation, without people, without trees, not even water. Ibrahim leaves his wife and child with a small leather bag of water and some dates and turns around and walks away. Hajar his African servant and slave of Ibrahim and Sarah and historians say that she lived between 1930 BC and 1840 BC, so roughly 4,000 years ago. And Ibrahim salam freed her and married her and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him Ismail salam from her. Now here was a woman who on the one hand was obedient enough to her husband to accept the fact that he was leaving her and their infant son alone in an uninhabited valley on the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A son they got after decades of dua of Ibrahim salam when he was very elderly. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was ordering him to leave his wife and child in the wilderness. And she was obedient enough to accept that. Yet, she had enough tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, enough trust and reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to know that if he ordered this, then he would not allow them to perish. So she allowed her husband to leave them and go on his way, knowing that he was doing the work of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala narrates this whole story for us. And Allah says that when he reached a place where they could not see him, he turned around and he made this dua. And he made a very, very unusual dua. Now before I tell you what he asked, and many of you know those ayat, let me ask you to put yourself in that place and ask yourself that if you were there, what would you ask for? 
your wife and infant child in a barren valley, nobody there. What would you ask for? I will tell you what I would ask for. Number one, I would ask for safety. For them to be protected. And then I would ask for food. And then I would ask for shelter. And then I would ask for maybe some help for them. Right? This is the normally how the brain works. These are the people. If they die, then the story ends. So they should not die. Protection for them, food for them, water for them. But what is Ibrahim alayhi salam asking? Ibrahim alayhi salam says, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us, A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Rabbana inni askantu bidurriyati biwadi ghayrin zi zar'in inda baytikal muharram. Rabbana liyuqimu salat. Liyuqimu salat. Rabbana liyuqimu salata faj'al af'idatan minan nas tahwi ilayhim warzuquhum minas thamarati la'allahum yashkurun He says, O our Rabb, I have made some of my, listen to these words, inni askantu, I have made some of my offspring to dwell in an uncultivable valley by your sacred house. In order, O our Rabb, that they may establish salah. What is the purpose of leaving them? That they may, liyuqimus salah. That they may establish a salah. So fill some hearts among men with love towards them. And O Allah, provide them with fruits. Notice the words, thamarat. He's not saying give them rice, give them wheat, give them barley. Fruits. So that they may give thanks. Now, first and foremost, see the adab of Ibrahim alayhi salam that he shows towards Allah. He does not say, I brought them here because you told me to bring them. Not my job. You told me to bring them here, which is a fact. He didn't suddenly one day wake up and say, okay, let's go for a drive. No. This is hukum from Allah. He doesn't say it like that. He said, I brought them. I settled them. He doesn't say, you told me to bring them, so now look after them. No, 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 no. This was the nature of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And this is for me the number one lesson. How do we address Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Jala jala. And if you see Ibrahim alayhi salam, you see this in his life. Because in another place in the ayat which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Al-Shura, where he is talking about Allah, he is telling people who is Allah. And he talks about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in very personal terms. Alladhi khalaqani fahuwa yahdeen Walladhi huwa yut'imuni wa yasqeen And then see what he says. Wa idha marittu fahuwa yashfeen Walladhi yumituni thumma yuhin Walladhi atma'u an yaghfir li khati'ati yawmaddeen He is introducing Allah. He says he is the one who created me and it is he who guides me. It is he who feeds me and it is he who gives me to drink. And he does not say it is he who gives me sickness, then he gives me health. No, that is a fact. Where does sickness come from? We know this, everything comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he does not say he feeds me, he, clo- he, he created me, he guided me, he feeds me, he gives me to drink, he makes me sick, he makes me well. No, 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 no. When it comes to sickness, what does he say? When I get sick, he cures me. Eh? 
Does he not know how he got sick? Is he saying that somebody else makes him sick? No. This is the adab. This is the adab. And then he says, it is he who will cause me to die and then will bring me back to life. And it is he who I hope will forgive my, my sins and faults on the day of judgment. Ibrahim alayhi salam, the reason he says is that anything difficult or painful, he ascribes it to himself, not to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He does not blame Allah. He does not blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I remind myself and you to think about how we talk about difficulties that we have in life. Yeah, may Allah protect us. I mean, why did this happen to me? Allah couldn't find anybody else. Inna lillahi wa inna lillahi Hajar alayhi salam then, when her husband left, she didn't just sit idle there and say, Ya Allah, okay, I'm here, help me. No, she made effort. And we know what she did, right? She climbed Safa, she looked around, she couldn't see anybody, she came down, and then the child was there, so she ran. That part she ran, and then she climbed the other hill, Marwa, and she looked around, she couldn't see anybody, she came back down, again she ran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liked this action of hers of making effort so much that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this a rokon of Hajj and Umrah. She did it for a reason. We do it because she did it. She is our reason. And not only we. Every Nabi of Allah, including Rasulullah did that sa'i. And they ran in that, you know, now we have those green lights. We run, we run between the green lights. Why do you run? You run because she ran. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors those he wants to honor. And then, only then after she made the effort, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibreel to bring forth Zamzam. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the tribe of Jurhum. The Jurhum was a big tribe from uh, Yemen. And imagine this, I mean, you know, when we read the tafsir, you must put yourself in that situation. You must imagine the situation. What, what are you seeing here? You're seeing here this big tribe. The whole tribe is coming out of Yemen. They are migrating. They're leaving Yemen because there was a conflict there and so on. This whole tribe left. Now, what happens when you whole tribe? You've got a huge number of people. They are animals, men, women, children, whatnot. They are led by whom? They are led by the tribal leader, by the sheikh. Who's the sheikh? Usually tribal leaders are their biggest and best warriors. So here you probably have this massive man with a big sword, right? And people like him in the front, riding their biggest and best animals, followed by all the hujum of their whole tribe. What do they see? They come to this barren valley and they see this lone woman and an infant baby. And they have water. The tribe needs water. What is the normal thing that should happen? To this day, what will happen? In, we are now talking about 1800 BC. What is the normal thing that should have happened? They would have come. They would have taken the water. The woman would have been given to one of them to keep. Your wife, your slave, what you want. Child will grow up. Khalas. End of story. If there was a man, they would have killed him. Simple as that. That's how the world worked. That's how the world works till today. What do you see actually happen? When you read these things in tafsir, don't just read them. Ask your question, how is it possible? Tell me. Allah is not, Naudhubillah, the Quran is, is true, Alhamdulillah. Naudhubillah, Allah is not lying. So when Allah said, this is what happened, we know it happened. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said it happened. 
Ask how. How is it this one single lone woman, we say very easily, she negotiated an agreement with Jurum. Hello? Negotiated an agreement with these big shuyukha, these big warriors of this big tribe. Why would they even bother to talk to her? For what? That is the dua of Ibrahim salam in action. That is the dua. This is nothing to do with her. This is the dua of Ibrahim salam in action. This is the rub of Ibrahim in action. He sends them. He puts respect and awe of this woman in the heart of those warriors and those big tribal elders. So they submit to her. And they tell her, what do you want us to do? She says, you can have the water, you can use the water, but it belongs to me and my son. It's my property. So I am, you are using it because I am allowing you to use it. They said, yes. Yes, our lady. Another interesting point. Hajar salam did not speak a word of Arabic. Not one word. The Jurum were Arabs. How did they communicate? What they did? The Jurum not only submitted to her, she became a big leader of theirs. Ismail salam was adopted by them. They raised him. They gave him a, a, a one of the married him to one of their, you know, uh, high, uh, I, I don't want to use words like princess and so on because they didn't have kings and stuff, but you know, from their highborn ladies. And that, that's a different story altogether. But when he divorced her, they gave, they gave him another one. He learned Arabic from them. He didn't know Arabic. He, he, he was a little baby, but even she didn't know Arabic. They learned Arabic from them. They came from Quran. They didn't speak Arabic. They speak Syriac. Now today, think about this. We are so focused on popularity. We are so focused on being liked and loved and influenced and whatnot. How does it happen? We think it happens by PR, by public relations. We think it happens by buying down and accepting stuff from people. We think it happens by falling down and leaving our religion. No. Popularity comes when Allah likes you. We know the Hadith of Wasallam, where he said, when Allah likes a person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells this to Jibreel salam. He says, I like so and so. You also like him. Jibreel salam likes him and he announces to the inhabitants of the heavens that they should all like him. They like him and, and like and respect for that person is established on the earth. And the inverse is also true. So if we want popularity, Facebook is not the place for it. Instagram is not the place for it. The hudur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the place for it. The musalla is the place for it. The masjid is the place for it. Get into a place where Allah likes you. And then the whole world will like you. astaghfirullahi Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafi l-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen Muhammadu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam Tasliman kathiran kathira Wa ma'badu 
قال تعالى ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد ما برضو سيستوز الدرس وي كام تو ذا نيكست انسيدنت ان ذا لايف اوف ابراهيم عليه السلام of and ismail alayhi salam his family now i remind myself and you that ismail alayhi salam was a product of a single mother at the time when i am talking about ibrahim alayhi salam had taken no part in his raising he was not there he was a thousand miles away yet she raised a child about whom we will see what he did i remind myself and you that children do not corrupt society not do they improve society society is corrupted or improved by their parents who then complain about the children conveniently forgetting their own role or lack of role in raising those children so before we talk about the tarbiyah of children we should talk about the tarbiyah of parents and that is why rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam never ran a crash he never ran a maktab he never ran a sunday school he never ran a little child for children he taught elders all his students were adults the children around the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam were there incidentally they were hanging around he never had a class for children right he taught only adults why that's the fastest way of getting results today we have a very peculiar situation where may allah forgive us in many homes little children 7 8 9 years old they know more deen than their own parents they know the usool of ghusl and the parent who brought them up who, who gave birth to them does not know ghusl the parents are living in a state of impurity their whole lives and the child knows how to do ghusl how will this child tell me they are running the, the summer school here and the sisters running it they told me can you please talk to the children small children about istinja so i spoke to our imam also and both of us had a big laugh together because we said istinja is something you want us to teach in the masjid in public to your children what are you doing at home this These children are not orphans, right? We are not talking about orphans. They have no, they have no parents. No, their parents are there, alive and well. Mashallah, may Allah keep you alive and well and give you the taufiq to teach your children things that you should teach them. You want me to teach here and say this is how you should do istinja, this is how you should do it, wash it, blah blah, what not, what not. What are you doing at home? How come your children are coming to the masjid? They do not know how to use the toilet. What is this? This is raising children. Seriously, my brothers and sisters, this is these are things that we have to think about. Forget about all you know, big things about fiqh and masail and what not. We're very quick to have all kinds of arguments about moon sighting and when when should be Eid. Forget all that. Allah will not ask you when you prayed the salat or Eid, but Allah will ask you if your children live in a state of najasa because you never taught them how to have tahara. So now. Allah subhanahu wa taala tells us the story of this single mother who raised this child. 
and he must have been young because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ مَعَهُ السَّعَيَا when he was old enough to walk with him obviously we are not talking about Abdul Azim right we are not talking <laughs> Abdul Azim is old enough to carry me forget about walking with me we are talking about a little child little, little, little child right فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ مَعَهُ السَّعَيَا قَالَ يَا بُنَيَّ إِنِّي أَرَى فِي الْمَنَامِ أَنِّي أَذْبَحُكْ فَانْظُرْ مَاذَا تَرَى قَالَ يَا أَبَتِ فَعَلْ مَا تُؤْمَرُوا سَتَجِدُنِي إِنْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الصَّابِرِينَ And when he, the son, was old enough to walk with him, the father, he, Ibrahim a.s. said, Oh my son, I have seen in a dream that I am slaughtering you in sacrifice to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَانْظُرْ So look. مَاذَا تَرَى What do you see? How do you translate unzur? Think. Fandur. He didn't say think. He didn't say what's your opinion? What do you think? No, no. He says look. Where? In the heart. Just think about this. What kind of conversation is this? This is the Nabi, 80 year old plus father, 10 or less year old son who is seeing for the first time literally because the last time he left them there he was an infant. And the first time he's seeing his son, he's talking about slaughtering. Now think about this also. This son grew up in an agrarian society. He grew up in a society which lived with, they were nomadic people, pastorers, they lived with animals. They ate meat was their staple diet. They didn't have rice fields and wheat fields. Meat was their staple diet. This child probably used to see sheep being slaughtered every single day of his life. He probably also slaughtered sheep himself. So he knows exactly what is the meaning of slaughter. This is not a new thing. You don't have to say, go Google, Google it up and see what does it look like. No, no, he knows it. He knows it. He does it. He knows all about blood and guts. He knows all about skinning animals. He knows everything. And his father is saying, that is what is going to happen to you. What do you say? What is your, what are you, look and see what do you see. Look in your heart. Is there acceptance for the will of Allah or not? What kind of conversation is that? What does it tell you and me about the spiritual development, about the taskia of this child? Who did that? The mother. Not the father. The father was not there. The mother. And see his answer. He says, Ya but you my father. If al do what you have been ordered. Satajiduni insha'Allah min sabirin. Inshallah, you will find me among people who have sabr. And he's saying, Inshallah, because he doesn't. When was the last time you were slaughtered? No, I don't know. Will I have sabr or not? I don't know. Never happened to me. I know what it looks like. I know it's painful, but exactly I don't know. So, Inshallah, I will be patient. My sister, specifically, I am talking to you that the, the role of raising children is your primary role in a marriage. And this is the most critically important role that you can ever have in your life. There is no career, no job, no nothing which is superior to the role of raising your own child.
It is the meaning of raising not one but two generations. Remember that. You raise one child, that child raises another child. All, both of those are your responsibility. And they are your sadaqa jariya. There is no other role which is more important than that. And that is why Allah gave it to you. Allah didn't give it to you. Did not give that to the man. He gave it to you. And that is your importance in Islam and Islamic society. The man's job, primary job is to provide materially for the family. The woman's primary job is to raise the children. And of course, parenting, being good role models is, is for both of them. It's not just for one of them. But to, to raise children who are muttaqoon and muhsinoon, to light the lamps of the lives of their children. And for that, you must first light your own lamp. Because a dead lamp cannot light any other lamp. Only a lighted lamp can lamp can light other lamps and illuminate. So let us seek to build our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remember that a time will come upon every one of us when the breath will be stuck in the throat and people will be watching and they cannot do anything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this and he said, Falawla ida balagatil hulkum. وَأَنْتُمْ حِينَيْذٍ تَنْظُرُونَ وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْكُمْ وَلَاكِنْ لَا تُبُصِرُونَ Allah said when the breath is stuck in the throat and you are looking on and you can do nothing. Your dearest, the one who is dearest to you, for whom you are willing to give your own life, you cannot do anything. You cannot give your life. And Allah says at that time, we are close to you, but you don't see us. This is my Rabb Jalla Jalla. So ask yourself, these people in this world, who we try to please, not only can they not make you live, they cannot even make you die easily. They can do nothing. Is it worth pleasing them by displeasing Allah? It's as simple as that. That is the equation. That is the equation. If you are pleasing them and that also pleases Allah, Alhamdulillah, this is the benefit of having Salihin as your friends. What, they, what pleases them, pleases Allah. But if you have other kinds of friends who demand directly or indirectly that you do something which pleases them but you know that this displeases Allah, ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth it because a day, this day which I mentioned to you, I didn't dream it up. This is the Quran. This is Suratul Waqiyah. Last Ruku. Read it. I remind myself and you to remember that day which will come to all of us. And on that day, it will become clear to us the only thing which mattered throughout our lives. The only thing which will matter for the rest of our lives in eternity. And that is the connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ta'aluk ma'Allah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to give us the tawfiq to build this connection, to strengthen this connection and to keep this connection constant so that when we meet him, we meet him in a state when he's pleased with us. We make dua for our two brothers who are both of them, uh, our brother uh, Dr. Salim, Shaukat Mateen and also Zahurbai's cousin who in Pakistan, he had an accident today, bad accident. He's also in the hospital. We make dua for them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure them, to take them out of their pain, 
and to bring them home safe and sound inshallah ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر لنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار لا اله الا انت سبحانك اني كنت من الظالمين رب اغفر وارحم وانت خير الراحمين امين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدوا يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون في مسلم